if anybody is is hesitant about pursuing these hernia mesh cases, you know, really this is the time to get off your butt and 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 do it because it's you know, it's just one of those things again like we're dealing with the 3M earplugs and you know once the, you know once these cases are done they're done. Yeah. Um, we actually actually we had a case. Um, the other day, uh, where the, the client had called in and said that they had um, a, they gave us the date of the implant and then the date of the revision. This actually wasn't a hernia mesh case, but it was a case um, with a, a hip implant. Um, would have been a very strong case, but the revision surgery had happened like five years ago. So, and the statute of limitations runs from either the date of the revision, but more likely the date that you knew that your hip had failed and you needed a revision. Ooh. So prior to that, yeah. you know, and again, you, 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 the time, I mean, what were you doing for five years? I mean, you knew for at least the five years, yeah. um, cause five years ago you had the thing taken out yeah. and, and it's like, well, I want to file a lawsuit. And, and it's very sad because we have to say, you know, yeah, it looks like you did have a lawsuit, but there are time limits yeah. and this is well beyond the time limit. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back. Another week, another episode. Uh, back at it again. Prioritizing profits, dangerous drug and product cases. Um, it's been seven days, full week. <laughs> We're back again. As per usual. As per usual. How, how have you been? How was your last week? How was your weekend? Oh, man, I've had like just this nutso day today, um, but uh, calming down, calming down, some crazy stuff with the case and some depositions and a lot of drama, but um, huh, and a little bit of a crazy weekend too. Yeah, actually. it sounds like you're still reeling. From I it. am reeling. I'm reeling. Um, yeah, and a crazy, uh, unfortunate interaction with a neighbor down in Sonoida over the weekend. Um, yeah, it's like, it's kind of, I, I mean, usually my life has no drama, but there's been a little uh, bit of drama. Uh, so. It sounds like a full course. It is, uh, it is. But, uh, on a positive note, um, we are leaving tomorrow for Sedona for a, a little road trip. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, that's the, the start of our, um, monthly long weekend, uh, drive trips, kind of road trip things that we're planning on taking. Mm. Yeah. So Peter has agreed to take off one Friday a month, usually the second Friday. And we will be doing some fun things within driving distance where we can take the dogs and that sort of thing. So, Well, it sounds much needed after the stressful <laughs> yes. week and weekend that you had. Um, I also love that idea of taking off one Friday a month, having a long weekend once a month. Uh, I feel like that always makes it so there's something to look forward to yeah. as well as kind of decompress from the last uh, few weeks. Well, and I think I think he was getting a little jealous because um, I have more free time than he does. And so I was taking some really fun trips. And he was home working and, you know, taking care of the children. Being a heart surgeon. The dogs. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lives to be saved and, and, and all of that and improved. So um, I was like, well, if you had more time, we would do more things together. And so he's making it happen. Oh, I like good. that. Yeah. He's prioritizing. He's prioritizing his relationships, not profit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Well, tell us, tell us what's happening with you. Not much. Not much. I mean, this weekend was a lazy weekend. I think um, in general now I've been kind of like head down, just focusing on um, crypto because that's that's been coming back a yeah. lot more recently. I keep seeing the emails every day. Solana's up. Solana's up. And then, yeah. oh, it's down a little bit. Oh, but then it's back up. Yeah. I mean, in total, Solana's like tripled in the last six months. Um, 
But I mean, that's also from its like yearly lows of you know, oh, eight to twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, a year from um, this month, I think it was at like eight dollars. So yeah. that's insane. And now it's sitting at like sixty, sixty-five. It's been hovering around those. Uh, Bitcoin broke forty k this week, which was absolutely insane. Like, I mean, uh, people had a, a decent idea; they thought the market was turning around. But I mean, it was kind of out of nowhere. You see a lot of trading in the middle of the week or like at the beginning of the week, but this was like. Sunday midday and all of a sudden there was like hundreds of millions in volume just hitting the market and it blew up to 40k and then now it's holding like 42 so but like, like I mean like when it just blows up like that I mean any any indication of what that might what might have spurred everything on or, or the um, uptick so yeah I mean I think there's like a few different like trains or schools of thought when it comes to like market analysis um, there's like the more technical analysis, which th- is that any like news that gets sent out, essentially like the market has accounted for everything. Like anything that you can think of like, oh, this is going to lead to th- this pumping or this dumping, this going badly. The market has more than likely already um, like calculated that into the supply and demand and the overall price. Like this ETF discussion, uh-huh, you know, everyone's yeah. really excited about this ETF approval. Right. More than likely, it's already been priced in. Into yeah, whatever was going to happen is already happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like the the whole idea where it's like uh, buy the hype and like sell the news, something along those lines. Um, where you know everyone's going to expect, oh, once it the day gets approved, it's going to go crazy. It's like no, it's probably not going to move that much on that day. Maybe a little bit, but I think these last few Just weeks leading up to it and yeah. planning on that happening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and, uh, just paying attention. I mean, you can anyone can pay attention to it, but I think I just just get very obsessive. I'm a very obsessive person, really? so I uh, will like sit and just <laughs> stare at charts for, for hours on end. Well, at least what you're staring at is positive now. What you're staring at in the past was yeah. pretty depressing. It was, it was a little bit of a downer, but things are going well. Um, happy to be back. I mean, this is something I always look forward to every week. I think it's something that is, it's a nice, um, I don't know, you know, it gets the brain juices flowing and thinking about different perspectives and then always the updates. I love the updates. Well, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of updates, maybe we should start there with uh, updates on cases that we've already covered. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, it's really funny because it'll be like Monday and I'm like, wow, not much has happened. What are we going to talk about in the podcast? And then, uh, you know, these things start popping into my feed and my, uh, you know, inbox. And I'm like, oh, that. Oh, yes, this, this. Oh. Wow, we're never going to be able to cover these in an hour. <laughs> so yeah, so lots is happening. Lots, lots has been happening. Um, the first one, since we started out uh, last week with a, a really kind of juicy story about a restaurant, mm. <laughs> the old finger in the salad case. Oh, classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that happens all the time. So I, I thought we would touch on uh, the Panera case. So we talked about the Panera, yeah. the death, and that was a, the 21-year-old college student. The lemonade, right? The, the, yeah, exactly, the charged lemonade. Well, there's been another death. Another one from the charged lemonade. Exactly. People are getting overcharged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was for me. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Oh, yeah. Well, so this one, um, it was a, a, a man, and I think it said he was um, 41 years old, so not a college student at this point. Um, oh, no, 45. Okay, so um, he was Dennis Brown. He was in Florida, um, 45 year, 46 years old, um, and he had, um, he had ADHD um, and some, um, uh, some, some disability, but he was living independently, um, and he would walk regularly to Panera, and it's, he would eat 
his lunch there like three days a week. Wow. Yeah. And so on October 9th, he walked there for his regular lunch, uh, had the charged lemonade, and as he was walking out, had a cardiac arrest on the sidewalk and died. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so it's back to this whole situation. Now, Panera has, they call this the unlimited sip club. And by having this unlimited sip club, I mean, you're basically advertising, you know, it's all you can drink, yeah. right? I mean, kind of like... Unlimited, that's kind of in the name of it, right? Well, it's kind of... Unlimited it's, sips. Exactly. It's kind of like your bottomless uh, mimosa. Oh, I wish that was unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and again, there there's this place where they promote themselves as being clean food and healthy and all of this. And yet they're selling this this uh, charged lemonade. It's in the self-dispenser. It's right next to all of the other, the regular lemonade, you know, the sodas, all of this. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, again, you want, what one serving of this has more caffeine than you should have for your whole day. It's in the Unlimited Sip Club. People don't realize that. And, and he would regularly have like three servings. Yeah. You know, you're sitting there, you're enjoying your lunch. Oh, I've drank my... So he would regularly have three servings of that lemonade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I thought last time we discussed this, Panera had actually come out and added some warning disclaimers onto the drink. They did. Yeah. Well, and so they said that they were warning at the dispenser and online. Um, and again, this is a regular guy who's going there. Yeah, um, he's 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 going there every single week, three days a week for you know however long. He's he's not someone that's going to be going online and checking out what he's going to order. He knows exactly what he's going to order. He goes through this routine every single yeah. time. Well, exactly. And they said that he has a mild intellectual disability. As I said, he was living independently, but um, you know, it, it, he was in a in a class that you know should should get a little bit more protection. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, a more uh, vulnerable person and somebody who's probably not as likely to understand fully uh, if there's some warning on this dispenser. And again, we don't know what the warning was on this particular dispenser. But, you know, here we go. We've got two lawsuits with deaths. Um, Who knows if there are others where they may or may not have been connected up. Um, Because again, it's one of those situations, your loved one has a heart attack and dies. Do you say, oh, it must have been the lemonade he had at lunch or she had at lunch? Yeah, that's Uh, You know, so now that this is coming out there, I mean, I guess my question is, you know, what the hell? Stop, stop selling this stuff. I mean, it's, if one serving has more caffeine than you should have for a full day, don't serve it at all. Or change up the recipe a little bit, you know? I mean, if it's like a top seller, you don't have to take it off the shelves, but you can go back and, and look at it and be like, okay, well, maybe we got a little crazy on the first run. Let's do a better the second. So it, that's interesting that you brought that up because the they it's actually made on site. And so one of, oh, the, wow. one of the allegations in this complaint is that, you know, we don't know. These are, you know, I don't know why 18-year-old kids back there are concocting this. Who knows if it's Conco- even... <laughs> But, you know, who knows if they're even yeah. using, you know, the right ingredients and the right amounts. Maybe it's even more dangerous than it's supposed to be. And it's already supposed to have 390 milligrams of caffeine, where yeah. 400 is the max for a day mm-hmm. for an adult. Um, and, I mean, so that's like a little slip of the wrist and you're over the 400 right there in one serving. That's true. I, I don't even really understand how they are like, maybe this is an obvious question too, how you're putting caffeine into it. Like, what is caffeine? Is that, I'm assuming it's not a powder because... And, and again, like I said, maybe this is a dumb question, but I feel like no one actually knows what exactly caffeine is. Is it a powder form? Because all I know is that I have pre-workout that has a shit ton of caffeine in it. Energy drinks, sodas. I mean, uh, so many things have caffeine. 
it, you know, what is it? I know there's caffeine pills, so I assume it's like a physical Right, powder. so it probably is a powder that they're using. But then they also, there was, I don't remember the name of, it, it was like some herbal uh, oh, yeah, supplement yeah, yeah, yeah. that was included in it in the recipe and that um, had caffeine in it naturally. And then if you have any kind of teas, those would have some natural caffeine in yeah. them. But I suspect that if, you know, if they're, they're amping it up probably with, you know, the, the, the caffeine mm-hmm. uh, powder. Um, and, and so, you know, what, what the heck is this really such, I had never heard of it until until people started dropping dead. Yeah. Um, I mean, it certainly wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go there because they have this. Well, I'm kind of curious now. I want to give it a try. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a caffeine addict over here, okay? I'm going two, three energy drinks a day on top of a coffee. Oof. So uh, I might need a little charging. Well, and then the problem is now you, 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 you've been fully warned. Yeah, <laughs> if you go in there and you have some and you drop dead, I've got no case. Yeah, they'll be bringing the podcast up for the jury. <laughs> That'll be the evidence. Yeah. Here, you're all smelling. I'm going in there. I'm a- <laughs> yeah. One question I did have is that you mentioned how, um, well, in a lot of these cases where it comes out, it hits the news, and if they have any predisposed conditions, even if it's not completely related to the case itself, that still comes out. Where is the line drawn with HIPAA and, and you know, releasing medical records and kind of medical conditions in cases like this where also, you know, maybe the public safety is also possibly at risk? Well, so when you file a lawsuit and if you put your medical condition at issue, then you're going to have to disclose that information because you have the burden of proof. You have to establish the case. And so part of that will be showing the medical records from whatever treatment was was necessitated by your injury. And then the other, the defense would have the right to ask about your prior medical conditions to understand Mm -hmm. or to try to point and say, well, maybe this is why. And, And this guy did have high blood pressure, but again, Probably, I mean, I don't even know what the numbers are, but there's a huge percentage of adults who do have high blood pressure, yeah. and they think they're perfectly fine to have coffee, and they probably are. Yeah. But again, not multiple servings of something that has basically the full day's worth of you know, your, your full yeah. day's allocation in one serving, and then it's all you can drink. And I mean, people can drink. Yeah. It, it, we're in the desert. It's hot. Well, okay, he's in Florida. It's hot there, too. It's hot there, too. Absolutely. Um yeah, and so so getting back to the case, this guy he's walking out the door, has a heart attack, he dies, um, and then I'm assuming because of the initial case with I think it was a college student, did people immediately kind of think, okay, this is this might be connected, or this is more than likely connected, or you know what is what is this looking like on on his end and maybe family? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what the family knew um, or if they, if they had learned about it because of the the lawsuit, but yeah. there's a good chance that's the case because yeah. again, who thinks that that anything that you could actually serve yourself in a healthy, clean restaurant yeah. is going to have sufficient, you know, sufficient caffeine or anything else to kill you. Well, also, he's been going for so long, you know, he, he has a heart attack. It's like, oh, wow, that's really unlucky because he's been going for years, but he hasn't had any issue before, though. Well, and how, but how long has even has a charged lemonade been an option? He may have been drinking regular lemonade most of those times. Yeah. And did he have, you know, was all he could drink last week, two servings and, or, you know, two yeah. servings and all he, he was thirstier this week and he had three, I, you know, I don't know the details on that. And that's not set forth mm-hmm. clearly in the complaint, but that I'm sure will all come out. Um, but I think that the fact that these are, these two cases now are in the news and we're discussing it on the podcast, um, people are going to maybe question if somebody, you know, if their loved ones had heart attacks, you know, it's within a short period of time of being to Panera, maybe check those receipts. Do they have a charge? lemonade. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I guess to, you know, to me, I just like, 
come on, just take this stuff off off the yeah. If, even if you're not getting sued, and you are, mm-hmm. um, don't you want to not hurt people? I, I mean, mean, I was gonna say too. I mean, that's like so unfortunate now too, where this was brought to their attention. They obviously are aware of some of these risks because they put up disclaimers. And then if this is a direct correlation, if this is connected where this guy died because he drank too much charged lemonade, I mean, that's that they're, they're directly responsible. They knew that there was a risk. They continued to let it out there. And then, you know, he got he had to face the consequences of their actions. Well, and, and that, that kind of gets us into that range where it does it rise to the level of punitive damages. And yeah. what about, you know, you, you have a family in here having their dinner and you have a minor child who's going to refill their regular lemonade and they push the wrong one mm-hmm. and, you know, something happens to them. I mean, this is, you know, this stuff's just, if it's a deadly kind of thing, maybe, you know, it's like medications. You have, it's, behind it's behind the counter. The counter. Yeah. yeah, you better. At the very least. Yeah, it's not something that's all you can drink. If you want to charge lemonade that's yeah. a one serving we'll hand it to you and then you're done it's like going cutting to a, off or going to a bar and having yeah. like an open bar but you get to pour your own shots and your own <laughs> drinks and everything and then you have like alcohol poisoning and die or something and it's like well yeah i mean maybe there should have been a bartender that you know is following regulation and yeah. keeping an eye on you making sure you're not going well, over and that's why you have why people why uh, companies or businesses that serve alcohol have to have an alcohol license to serve alcohol because it is a dangerous, it's a dangerous beverage, it's a dangerous substance, and you have to have responsible people serving it. Likewise, I think this is rising to the level of a dangerous substance. And you can't just have this haphazardly available to anybody and everybody to just guzzle it. I mean, you could go in there and sit there for eight hours and just drink nonstop, right? I mean... Yeah. I'm wondering if this is kind of connected to like the idea of Kratom too, where this is like an over-the-counter, anyone can buy it. It's high, not high potential, like the lemonade, I don't think has high potential of being abused, but you know, no one would expect or the way that it's being advertised is that it's completely fine. You know, go to the Kratom coffee shop and get a few cookies. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Well, that'll get people stirred up too. Yeah, exactly. Kratom is. I thought I should throw that word in there. You know, we get a lot more views once we start talking about it. Kratom, kratom, (laughs) kratom. Oh my God, we're viral. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's really sad. That's yeah, really sad. Yeah, it really is sad. But I mean, again, hopefully that the information is out there and people will be more aware of it. Hopefully, maybe they'll even just pull this product. Yeah. But if not, people will, will um, you know, I mean, at your own risk. Yeah. 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 I mean, best I'll case, I would say just pull it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what else? What else do you got for us? So the title in all cases, um, those uh, that were the uh, cases involving uh, children who are diagnosed with autism mm-hmm. after their mother used Tylenol during pregnancy. Um, those cases um, have been consolidated. We've discussed them previously. And But this, the, the, what's, what's in the news right now is that the defense has filed some motions trying to exclude the expert witnesses. And it's called Dalbert uh, Motions, and that's based on a, a case that basically said that the judge gets to decide, gets to kind of preview experts' testimony to make sure that they are qualified, uh, they're qualified experts, and they're using you know good scientific methods, that it's not just some junk science and you just get to pull any old person off the street in here. Yeah. So, but that happens a lot in cases, and, and you know both sides want to kick out the other side's experts. Yeah. Because if your experts get kicked out... And and this is what happened with the bear hugger cases. When the judge kicked out all the experts, your case is gone. You really? can't, you know, you can't, you can't pursue these cases if you don't have expert witnesses. So this hearing actually is happening tomorrow. 
um, in the Tylenol lawsuits. And so, and it'll probably, it'll probably be under advisement and the, the ruling may not come out for a week or two. We'll follow up on that. But this, it's a big turning point because mm-hmm. if you get over this hurdle where your experts are going to be allowed to testify, you know, it's like gangbusters ahead. Um, there will be a lot more cases filed. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's one of those green lights. This case is going forward. Yeah. Um, so it's a really big hurdle. It does stop a lot of cases at an early stage. Um, so it's kind of exciting that that's, that's happening tomorrow. Uh, the plaintiffs are very confident, um, and hopefully we'll have an update in a couple of weeks that uh, you know that our experts are going to be testifying, yeah. and the case will be moving ahead. So. Now, is this like an all-or-nothing situation where all of the experts on both sides are allowed or none of them are allowed, or the judge gets to kind of pick and choose which ones he wants? And Yeah, no, they pick and choose. They, they look at each, it, and, and usually they don't... Uh, you know, contest every single expert because there's going to be some that are some Harvard this and that is published, you know, that are really hard to touch. Yeah. Um, but but I think there are five that they are um, arguing about. So it's usually they'll pick out specific ones and say, you know, we don't think this one should be allowed to testify. You know, that this we don't. You know, this is the, how this study was done, or there yeah. weren't enough studies done, or you know, their qualifications aren't adequate. Um, so often t- it's, it's rare that all of them would get kicked out. That was the, the crazy thing that happened in Bear Hugger where mm-hmm. that judge was, um, let's see, I don't want to say anything bad about a judge, but, <laughs> but um, it was a very questionable ruling and very yeah. unusual and extreme. So generally speaking, there are, they might say, okay, you know, this one, no. Mm-hmm. And then you could potentially replace that with another expert. Um, so, so no, it's not all or nothing. It's yeah. each specific one on their own merits. The judge looks at and determines whether it makes sense for the jury to be allowed to hear them. Yeah. And I think this is one of the first cases that we actually started talking about on the podcast, Tylenol and the connection to, um, autism or the possible yeah. connection. And you went through a lot of the studies that, uh, discussed it. And I think, you know, while t- court is supposed to be kind of like the a clean slate, everyone can go in and plead their case. And, you know, depending on the pure facts, I feel like with a case like this, you're almost fighting from behind because, you know, even when I tell my friends about this, how there are connections to Tylenol mm-hmm. causing autism and in infants, they, they, they're just like, as soon as they hear that, they're like, okay, this is some mumbo jumbo conspiracy. Wow. Like, this is absurd. Tylenol, are you kidding me? They're selling it over count. I've been taking Tylenol my entire life. Or, you know, like you said, mothers are recommended Tylenol. Right. When that's the only thing you're allowed to only take. only thing you can take. So I, I, I think that in a case like this, you're almost fighting from behind, which is why it's even more important that you have these expert witnesses because people are already so hesitant to trust you. Yeah. If you don't have experts, you, I mean, nothing. Yeah. You need the science and you need the experts. And it reminds me when you were saying that about the Tylenol, oh, I've taken it my whole life, but look at the baby powder. I mean, yeah. people were just, you know, flabbergasted. They were like, Oh, a baby powder. Everybody uses baby powder. Everybody puts babies on their little babies' butts. Everybody uses it, you know, for this and for that. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's like a household. I baby powder my butt. <laughs> you do not baby powder your butt. That <laughs> <No>, depends. <laughs> I don't want to know anymore about that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, anyways, back. But but I mean, it, it's such a household common product that everybody knows of and trusts, just yeah. because it's been around forever, and it just mm-hmm. has this, you know, this very this purity to it, yeah. and this innocence, yeah. and this. You know how in the world could that? I mean, that's almost more than than Tylenol. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet, it, and, and again, people were very skeptical. That can't be causing cancer. That can't be causing mesothelioma. But then the studies came out, mm-hmm. um, and those passed. And as you see.
see, the judges have allowed those witnesses in, and the juries have been very convinced, and there have been huge, huge, huge awards against Johnson & Johnson. So I think it's the same kind of thing. You start off with that real skepticism. And then, as again, as the science comes out and as more people learn about it Mm -hmm. and you start hearing about these jury verdicts, um, you know, I think the tide changes and the tide of opinion changes. Yeah. And I think especially with a situation like this, um, and we've touched on this before, so I don't want to get too much in it, but how expert witness being an expert witness can be a career. I mean, there is a, it is a massive industry and the money that you can make there, I think would shock a majority of people because I was shocked at even with like a good base understanding of, of the, uh, the area, the field. Um, and so I think it's, it's almost comical to me that there's, you know, you have experts on both sides, both people saying, well, no, cold, hard facts is this, which are complete opposites. Um, on top of that is that people have these careers of being an expert witness, being reliable, being trustworthy. And then a judge comes in and it's like, yeah, you're just, you just don't make the cut. Sorry. Like you're not trustworthy enough or your evidence or your, your research isn't enough here. Well, and I, I think that that's one of the reasons why this is actually a good rule because, you know, just you don't want just anybody coming in and somebody making a career of it. And, you know, we call them whores, to be fair. <laughs> you know, if there's a witness who will say whatever the person paying yeah. them wants to say. And so, you know, again, you can't just put anybody on here. They've got to have some real credentials. And the best witnesses are always the ones who don't do it for a career, yeah. who have, you Be- know, a full, yeah, well, exactly, my husband, <laughs> in a very limited area. But yes. Um, but those the best experts are the ones who are practicing daily in whatever the field is, whether it's medicine or, you know, physics or engineering or whatever it is. The best ones are the ones who are doing that for the love of that that career yeah. that, you know, and, and they see something they feel strongly about mm-hmm. and they are willing to go through. It's not pleasant being cross-examined by attorneys. Yeah. It's not. No, I've watched suits. It, it's, <laughs> it looks <Well>. terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that suits is very accurate. On that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so again, I think that it is a good thing. I mean, it's going to weed out the, you know, the really crappy ones and not just waste the time with the jury. The jury's yeah. going to, it's going to get called down to the really strong witnesses that are using, you know, recognized scientific methods and that it's not junk science. So, you know, it's standard that these hearings happen in every case, but it is a really huge turning case or turning point and it is is a make or break. So that's happening tomorrow. And, um, you know, as soon as we hear, we'll let you know. I'm pretty confident that that it'll be moving forward, that that will be, you know, definitely a a big um, push in the case. Yeah, so this is kind of like breaking news. I mean, this is coming out tomorrow. I guess when people are hearing about this, it'll have already happened for mm-hmm. about six days. Um, but like yeah. you said, the actual the decision, uh, decision. probably won't be out because they usually take it under advisement. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's a long hearing, yeah. you know. And it's been interesting because I'm wondering if something was in the news about that because we've had several calls. There was a long time we weren't seeing any calls about Tylenol cases, and we've had several recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually just kind of brings something up because one of um, the callers we were just talking to the last couple of days, um, her son had not yet been diagnosed with autism, but the doctor had said he was in the process of going through testing and had definitely exhibited signs. And so that's ongoing. And um, and again, even if, if you have a child that hasn't been diagnosed yet, but it's in the process, it's absolutely a good idea to still reach out. Yeah. Um, you know, it can work with you through that process. Um, but I think that these are going to be, um, I think these are going to be good cases and strong cases. And again, it's, it's autism. It's a, it, you know, there's a whole spectrum. Some people have very mild effects and yeah. some people, um, you know, can be can be seriously disabled um, and require a lot of services, and 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 that costs a lot of money, and um, you know it, you can get compensated. 
<clears throat> potentially yeah. on this. Well, I think this is a case that's going to be getting a lot of news time as it goes, as it as it proceeds and as it kind of plays out. Because I think in the early stages of cases, right, like not many people really talk about it. It's still kind of in the air. Even some of the lawyers are like, well, I don't know if this is actually going to go as well as we would like it to go. Mm, yeah. Um, but with, with something like this on the scale that it is, and I mean, just how prevalent um, autism is in the mm -hmm. United States specifically yeah. and how much it's been growing and how, how close to people's heart that, that, uh, condition mm -hmm. is. I think as this plays out, it's really going to get the community going and it will get, um, people, you know, obviously calling and, and mm -hmm. pursuing, but people pretty heated as well. Well, and, and it may, it'll be interesting too, because we were talking about the social media cases and how there's the individual cases for people who have suffered, um, you know, from, from their injuries from the social media, but then there's also the school districts that get involved yeah, because yeah, they yeah, require, yeah. and then there's the counties. And again, you know, um, people who have autism, they are getting resources from a variety through the schools, I mean, through the counties, yeah. through the states. And so it, it's one of those types of cases, again, a massive situation where if these individual cases are are getting past these hurdles, you may see other entities yeah. jumping in um, as well. That's a great point. I, I didn't even think about that because I know even growing up, uh, for, for me, like going through school, there was always those uh, offers, those services available for anyone in, in the school system. Um, and I imagine those being very expensive. And I mean, an entire lifetime of growing up with, with you know, yeah. these difficulties and these struggles and the costs associated with that, I would imagine being massive. Well, and just the fact that that, that the rates have increased so rapidly yeah. that that it's hard to have the services, you know, coincide with that, and yeah. and and so there it has been a big expense, I yeah. would imagine, for a lot of these school districts, um, you know, they weren't prepared for. Yeah. So you do think this is going to be a situation where, as it as it kind of plays out, uh, we might see some school districts, we might see some counties so, and yeah. states getting involved with it. Absolutely, I think so. I mean, I think they're kind of standing back and seeing what happens. I mean, yeah. if everything goes away after this hearing, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is a touchy subject, you know, like mm -hmm. I said at the beginning, where there's so much skepticism going yeah, into yeah. it. Conspiracy. That, conspiracy. Yeah. yeah I mean, crazy it, lawyers. It literally, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. When I tell my friends about it, especially the ones that are in a medical field in some mm -hmm. way, maybe they're not planning on being a doctor or surgeon, but they're in the medical field. Uh, they're like, that's insane. That's absurd. Like, show me the research and I'll, sh you know, send them a paper. And they're like, I, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe mm -hmm. it. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. So, well, and, and, you know, and there are papers that support it. And then, you know, uh, they'll have papers on the other side yeah. that, you know, and then that's what the judge is doing, figuring out. Yeah. You know. Well, we'll definitely update on how that hearing plays out because that's going to be really big for the case and kind of be foreshadow, maybe even mm -hmm. uh, the future mm -hmm. in the next, you know, few months or year of, of how that case is going to go. Yep. Yep. Like I said, lots of updating. And, there, and of course, Hernia Mesh, we've got an update there too. Hernia Mesh, the <laughs> classic, yeah. Hernia Mesh has been going on for a long, long time. So the update on that is that there has been another settlement, um, another group of cases through a George, the Georgia multi-district litigation. And this is with regard to a particular um, uh, type of mesh, which is called the Ethicon, again, part of J&J. &J. Uh, they're everywhere. Uh, Physio Mesh. And so it's another settlement. 
And, you know, as we've talked about before, these cases, you know, all these settlements are ongoing. There are still cases, we're still taking um, cases for a lot in a lot of different categories. In fact, we still can take physio mesh cases as well. Mm. Um, But as these settlements continue to happen, it's going to be more and more difficult to pursue your case, to find an attorney who can pursue your case. Um, But but yeah, it's another another big settlement, um, not disclosed to the court on the exact numbers. but uh, and this one actually only involves 224 cases. So how do we know if it's a big settlement if the numbers weren't specifically disclosed? Well, I would say that we know it's a big settlement because there was a prior PhysioMesh settlement um, that uh, we had cases involved in that was a big settlement. Yeah. So <laughs> what does one. big mean? Well, I can't say what big means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely, um, these, these were causing some serious injuries. It was clear that was happening in the settlements, of course, the defendants and in here, here Johnson and Johnson are saying we still stand by our product. We don't think that um, it's dangerous, but we're paying to end the litigation. Blah de, blah yeah. de, blah. Um, but I am confident, and again, these were holdout cases. Um, I am confident that it's as big as the other ones were big. So that you know, again, if if anybody is is hesitant about pursuing these hernia mesh cases, you know, really this is the time to get off your butt and 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 do it because it's you know, it's just one of those things. Again, like we're dealing with the 3M earplugs and you know, once, you know, once these cases are done, they're done. Yeah. Um, we actually, actually, we had a case um, the other day uh, where the, the client had called in and said that they had um, a, they gave us the date of the implant and then the date of the revision. This actually wasn't a hernia mesh case, but it was a case um, with a, a hip implant. Um, would have been a very strong case, but the revision surgery had happened like five years ago. So, and the statute of limitations runs from, either the date of the revision, but more likely the date that you knew that your hip had failed and you needed a revision. So prior to that, you know, and again, you, 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 the time, I mean, what were you doing for five years? I mean, you knew for at least the five years, um, because five years ago you had the thing taken out and, and it's like, well, I want to file a lawsuit. And, And it's very sad because we have to say, you know, yeah, it looks like you did have a lawsuit, but there are time limits, yeah. and this is well beyond the time limit. You know, same thing here with with these hernia mesh cases. I mean, if you had your uh, the mesh removed, and the doctor said yes, the mesh was defective, it was a problem, it was removed, and that was too many years ago. And again, that these it, it's a state by state. Um, uh, the statute of limitations is state by state. Yeah. Um, but if you you know, and, and so don't assume that it's too late. Yeah. Contact us, and we'll be happy to figure out for you if it is too too late. But yeah, don't, don't wait and then call and, you know, we have to tell you no, and you're upset with us and mm-hmm. we're sorry for you. And it just sucks all around. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how that might feel. Incredibly frustrating would be that my first assumption, but I think whenever there's any question of, you know, was I done wrong in some way, it's always better to just reach out because I mean, it doesn't cost anything to call. It doesn't cost anything for consultation, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, I think most people know that the consultations are free, but, you know, just to reiterate, I mean, we'll order your medical records. We'll help you figure it out. There is absolutely no charge for that. You can call us, 
talk to us, you know, we'll, we'll get, figure it out for you. There is no cost to that. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, in the hernia mesh, I mean, that's just such a massive, massive case that's been going on for so long. And what I, is interesting to me with this is that hernia mesh, right, is, is, is um, it's not as a brand. It's like a general product that's used. And then there's a ton of different brands that are mm-hmm. experiencing the issues that this hernia, you know, umbrella of cases all fall under. Right. Um, and, and some are better and some are worse. Yeah. And some are bad for very specific reasons. And some have actually been recalled and others are not. They're still being implanted, but they're still problematic. So, yeah, I mean, it's a huge umbrella. And that's the first step is when somebody calls in, if they don't know what type of hernia mesh they have, that's the first thing we need to do. We need to find out. We need to get that medical record and figure out what you have. That sticker. Yeah, the sticker sheet. Oh, you remember these things. Yeah, that's one thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you remember a lot of things, yeah, but that's, yeah. a, that's a good one, yeah. So anyway, another settlement's happened. They they will keep happening, um, and, and we'll keep talking about it, because I don't think they're going away anytime soon. We'll keep talking about it. I'm curious on that number, um, but it, I mean, I'm with you on that one. I think you said it was like 220. 224. 224, cases, right? yeah. I'm imagining that's probably a pretty big settlement there, uh, but it makes sense for anyone to reach out as this plays out because I think if you were sitting on your hands, you got lucky with this one because it's taken a lot longer than just about any other case. Oh, in well, recent, thanks, uh, thanks to COVID, right? Frame. Yeah. Um, moving on though, what else, what other updates do you got for us? All right. One more update. Um, oh, I guess everything is kind of an update. Uh, another roundup verdict happened uh, yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Another one. So this was in Philadelphia and this one was a small one, only 3.5 million. Yeah. Did you know that uh, my dad uses Roundup? I did not know. Yeah. I told him about it. I mean, apparently he doesn't listen to our shows enough (laughs) because we've been talking about it for a few weeks, buddy. (laughs) We've been talking about it for a few weeks. I don't know why you're so surprised when I tell you about it. He's so busted, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, apparently, he uses it, but I think he's uh, safe for now. He's pretty old, so I don't think any of the uh, conditions would hit him in time. So, oh, that's <laughs> he won't be listening. He's not gonna know. Jeez, wow, I mean, he's probably planning to live to a hundred. I mean, yeah, no, no, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Well, uh, I mean, if he does get non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I mean, is he gonna call us or is he gonna call somebody else? I mean, what the heck? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> Well, I certainly... Uh, so right. this is breaking news. We've, so this is breaking news. So yeah. yesterday, another verdict, 3.5 million. Again, I mean, when we say that it's it's smaller, because we were talking about some multi, you know, some billion dollar verdicts. But even so, I mean, this is pretty, it's it's pretty big. Um, it was 462,500 in compensatory and 3 million in punitives. Again, wow. they're punishing. And this one I kind of caught my eye because they argued that she didn't get the cancer from, uh, from, from the Roundup. She got it from smoking. And I'm like, holy crap. This was a litigated case where she was a smoker because a lot of those, I mean, they're, they're, they're not the strongest cases. Yeah. But um, the jury absolutely believed that, and again, it's a very specific, it's a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, the jury definitely believed not only that it was related and compensated her for her out-of-pocket and her you know, pain and suffering and loss of earnings, all that, but also punitive damages in the amount of $3 million. Again, that's not nothing. Yeah. So, um, so, so they're getting slammed one after the other. And then there was the investor. I guess there was some issues with the investors about, you know, what's going on because it's going to make them nervous, uh, you know, if these billion-dollar verdicts keep coming down. And they uh, uh, bear in in November in a uh, call with investors – was, was trying to calm, chill them out and say, hey, you know, we have reserves set aside to deal with this and that they've set aside $6.5 billion specifically to deal with this ongoing litigation, Okay, which is a lot. And, yeah. and well, 
I mean, but it's not if they're getting hit with a billion at a time. I yeah, mean, they I was to- going to say six billion, but, you know, if they all came out and they said, hey, we'll set aside six billion and, you know, whatever cases in the future come, I don't think that would be a great thing either, right? I mean, this is something that could take a lot of years to play out and see how just how bad this is. Well, and it's that's interesting, too, because as we've talked about, in 2020, a bunch of these cases did settle for $9.6 billion, Yeah. But in the settlement, they did not, it didn't cover future cases. Sometimes they'll set up like a fund for future yeah, exactly, cases. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it didn't include future cases. And there's more than 50,000 that are still pending. And because it didn't include future cases and, and there's no fund like that, we are still taking cases today, every day. There are more cases. And, and like you said, with the delay in the onset of this condition, you know, people can be getting diagnosed every day yeah. with this condition that have been using the Roundup in the past. So these things can just keep coming. I mean, and again, it's a product that a lot of people used, even even Pablo, yeah. for goodness sakes. Yeah. Even yeah. he uses it. Uh, I mean, I was, I, I am not a uh, gardener or a I good don't, thing. Yeah, I don't work with uh, lawns or plants or anything like that. Do not have a green thumb. So I was not familiar how common it was but I think knowing someone that you know he does some yard work here and there knowing that other people in your circle uses it I think kind of puts it in um, perspective of just how big of a problem that this could be yeah and um, yeah that six billion I mean that's a lot of money but also at the same time for a situation like this it's not yeah well exactly but what they need to do is be getting another settlement together so that they're not putting themselves at risk of the punitives Mm -hmm. so do do you think we're going to see something like that because if they're already trying to kind of calm investors they say hey we have six billion put aside if they get hit by another two three billion I mean, the investors are going to be, you know, shaking in their boots with 50% of the fund <laughs> well, already they're going to be selling it. And it's gonna, I mean, the stock's going to drop. I mean, that's going to affect, the, you know, the yeah. company. It's going to be, it could be pretty, pretty dramatic. How do we find out about, like, what happens in these investor calls? Are there just, like, leakers that are there? And Yeah, this was in the news. So I suspect that there probably are. Well, I mean, and the reality is, I mean, you know, you could buy some stocks and, you know, you've, you know, people who are, uh, you know, have, yeah. have whatever the percentages that requires to be on, but they have to provide reports anyway. You're going to get reports. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how many people are actually in these calls, but I mean, I get things all the time where it's like, you know, you get this, you do this proxy vote for this or for that. I mean, I don't pay attention to that. Wow. Well, you I must mean, be a big holder of some, uh, well, no, no, but, uh, <laughs> no, actually not. I mean, that's why you get these things in the mail and basically people ignore them. Cause I don't know enough about what's going on, you know, with these various investments that I have. I don't keep track of them very, yeah. very closely. And I don't have like a ton of money in any one thing. Um, I'm pretty diversified. So, um, you know, but, but um, I'm sure that the people who are really following these have inside, inside scoops. Yeah. Well, I think it's good to hear that these cases are settling. Um, I think like you mentioned with it being a smoker case is especially kind of telling of how, uh, the jury's feeling about it and just how serious these situations are because, I mean, someone being a smoker and st- them still getting hit with that $3 million punitive, yeah. both of those together, I think, speak volumes. Yeah, absolutely. People are pissed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, people are pissed. So uh, if anyone does is using Roundup or has mesophilioma, um, non-Hodgkin's non-Hodgkin, lymphoma. Non-Hodgkin, yeah. There, there Mesothelioma is back with the talc. The talc, the, the, the baby, baby powder. powder. Yeah, it was, that was why it was on my brain. Uh, if you're using it, definitely reach out. Make sure that you're getting checked up. And if you do have any of those issues, I mean, reach out because this is something that's still ongoing, even though they did settle in the past. Like you said, this they did not settle for future cases. So we are still accepting uh, cases for that. That we are. Well, I want to keep on going. Um, we're just cruising along tonight. We cruise, are cruising cruise. along. 
along. Where, uh, what else you got for us? All right. So on the cases that we're handling, and of course, also an update, uh, we've talked about Ozempic a lot, and Ozempic is, is back in the news. Um, and right now, the, um, the, the plaintiffs are or the, the claimants are pushing for the consolidation. It's not yet a multi-district litigation because there, there weren't that many cases. There's about 20 cases that have been filed. Um, lots and lots of cases, lots of people calling um, attorneys, a lot of evaluations of claims, um, but only 20 actually filed. And of course, those are going to be the strongest cases. Yeah. Um, but because there's so many kind of in the hopper, they're asking um, for this to be consolidated into a multi-district litigation and pushing for the Western District of, <clears throat> of Louisiana, so New Orleans, where a lot of them end up. Um, and, you know, as we said, there's only, I think, 20 lawsuits now, but um, one of the firms that's very involved in it, um, they have six of those and said that they have 13,000 clients that they've signed up that they just wow. haven't filed the lawsuit for and that they've turned away 40,000 because shit. their injuries weren't severe enough. So we're talking 40,000 people who had injuries severe enough that they contacted yeah. an attorney, but not of the, you know, the, the really severe that um, that they that, that are getting filed. And that's one law firm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is insane. I mean, like I, th I think really emphasizing the fact that these injuries were serious enough to where people were willing to reach out to attorneys before this is, you know, uh, consolidated, before this is kind of like all over the news. I think everyone knows about Ozempic, but clearly they're having serious, serious enough issues where they think they have a claim. I think that that's really insane to me. It is. And now, you know, one of the issues, they, they do warn about certain conditions like nausea, like diarrhea, like vomiting, that sort of thing, but they're not warning. And and so some people get some pretty severe nausea, some pretty severe diarrhea, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, this really, the, the gastro, gastroparesis, you know, this, this paralysis of the stomach, I mean, that's really horrendous. And they're not, they were not warning about that. Yeah. And, so, and that's the kind of condition, I mean, it's not reversible, it's treatable. Um, but it's you know life changing and and devastating. Um, so um, you know and, and again if, if if they had injuries that were requiring significant hospitalization, mm. those are cases that are going to get signed. Um, but just you know feeling really crappy for a while and stopping you know not having long term permanent problems, those are cases that are not likely to get filed. And you know some of that is going to fall under the warnings. Now I I haven't heard of this before where there's only twenty cases filed and obviously there's a ton of interest and there's a lot of problems, right? There's a lot of people reaching out, but only 20 cases officially filed and they're asking for it to be consolidated. Is that uncommon? And, and, you know, is the judge or the, or the, you know, I guess uh, who, who officially consults it, consolidates it. So it's actually the panel, it's the judicial panel on multi-district litigation, okay. you know, and they meet quarterly in various places yeah. around, the, around the country. And so um, they're going to decide if it gets consolidated. It's actually not that unusual usual because when you think about it, so there's 20 cases filed, but until it's, until it is consolidated, you're filing them, you know, in the federal district court where the plaintiff uh, was injured or yeah. where the defendant resides. So they're kind they're, they're spread around. And if you have a bunch of cases, once it gets consolidated, then you can directly file it into the MDL. You don't have to file it in the, yeah. in, you know, in the, in the state where you are and have it transferred in. So it's much more efficient. And a lot of people do hold on to the cases until they get consolidated. Mm -hmm. It's gonna. It's just. It's more efficient. It's more cost effective for your your clients. Um, it just makes more sense. But so in these hearings, they don't just say there's 20 cases. They get up and they testify. There's 20 cases, but I have however many thousands sitting back at the office that I haven't filed 
yet because I'm not going to run around and file them all over the country. <laughs> you know, they, they, I mean, so for example, this attorney, who happens to be a friend of mine, Paul Pinnock, hello if you're here listening, um, is saying, hey, 13, I, I've got 13,000 cases. Yeah. You know? I feel like you got to go up there and you feel like you have nuts of steel. You know, you're like, <laughs> hey, I know I only got 20 cases here, but you don't want to see what I got back back at the shop. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, and, and they understand that that happens because, again, it, it just makes more sense to yeah. hold off on filing them. So, and, you know, and this is one law firm and other law firms who are collecting these cases as well. Mm -hmm. They might file one here or there just mm -hmm. so that they can, you know, say, yes, they've got the case and maybe file a really strong one so that they can be participating when the leadership is developed in that. But as soon as, 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 as it's consolidated, bam, that's when you see the cases yeah. just, you know, start getting filed. Massive inflow. Massive, massive. Absolutely. So what do you think it means with this much activation from the community of reaching out to attorneys? And clearly there's a lot of problems people are facing taking this drug. Um, it, it feels higher and it feels more... Um, I don't know. I, it just feels like the victims are a little bit more active and preemptive with reaching out and knowing that this is a problem. Do you think that speaks to the severity of how this is going to go and how bad it's going to get? Yeah, I'm not sure how much of it is just the sheer volume, that there are so many people on this that they can't even make it fast enough and there's a shortage, that there's so many that even though we feel like there's so many people, it's still a small percentage of the yeah. people who are on it. And so, you know, for example, when you have like a, you know, a hip implant or something, you know, there's maybe, you know, 30,000 of these products that are even out there. But yeah. when you have millions and millions and millions of prescriptions, mm -hmm. then even a small percentage of the people reaching out feels overwhelming and like a huge number. So I'm not sure how much of it is that mm -hmm. um, and how much of it is people People just be getting really, really sick and 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 feeling like I took this medication to help, you know, to help, and it's made me so much worse. And it may, I mean, again, if you get gastroparesis, I mean, it, it, people are dying. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, and it killed me. Yeah. Um. So, so I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. um, and and I wonder if the scale and size of this is going to be especially large because it almost. I, I'm thinking that this is going to be the first case of its kind where it is almost instigated by social media and it's instigated by kind of like the, the upper class that has, you know, rumored to be taking it because I can't think of, you know, no one's saying, oh, Kim Kardashian's using Roundup. We should use Roundup, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're getting <laughs> they're getting cancer. Um, but this is something where you know uh, people idolize these these uh, pop stars and you know famous people, and then they see them um, using this drug, getting the pop perfect figure that they're going for, and then it's a trickle down theory. Uh, you know, this is one of the drugs, only drugs that I can think of that I was on uh, TikTok and I saw people talking about it. I don't see anyone talking about hernia mesh. I don't see people talking about. We're talking else. about it on TikTok. Well, we're. <laughs> talking about it, but kidding, you know, know. talking Not, about it in the way yeah. of almost recommending it to right, a certain right, extent. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting as you were saying that I was kind of thinking about the whole thing with the um, who's the guy with the, the not the NFTs, but the um, Gary Vee. No, no, no. The one who got who went bankrupt and blew oh, up the whole uh, SBF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and um, you know, and a lot of people who had recommended buying into that, right? There yeah. were, were were stars. Yeah, Tom Brady. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah, there was because they they one of their biggest things and why like everyone almost loved them was because not only were they behind the scenes funding a shit ton of Democratic and under the table Republican right, right. candidates oh, as well. Both sides playing both sides. But they. You know, it's funny too because SBF came out and said that they only made it visible to like 
the the public that they were donating to Democrats because that's just what the public likes to hear, like very traditional uh, news stations. Um, but they were also just reaching out and getting a ton of endorsements. I mean, even the Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, right? Like mm-hmm. he was like one of the advisors. They made it a big point to get all of these famous influencer people supporting them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I mean, I just wonder because like you said, I mean, like Sharon Osbourne, although she's come out and said she lost too much weight and she had some issues with it. I mean, it doesn't sound like lawsuit worthy, Mm -hmm. but it definitely had some problems. And as she said, lost too much weight. Um, But but yeah, there are, like you said, a lot of celebrities really almost pushing it. I mean, I wonder if there's going to be some involvement um, on that side, too. But I think I, I was trying to think, I mean, has there been any other product that was so heavily promoted on social media, and I can't think of something no. either. And it's not only heavily promoted, but that it's it's so heavily used, and it was almost framed like an industry secret, like a yeah. like a hack. Like you yeah. are you are one of the exclusive few people that know what these top stars and these movie stars are yeah. doing to lose their weight and get that perfect figure that you want. Exactly. You know? yeah. And I, and I think the that framing of it. it and wanting to be part of that. Yes. And yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, maybe we need to be pulling the social media. <laughs> maybe we need to get Meta and all that involved in this too. Not like they have, not that they don't have enough problems yeah. as it is. But um, but yeah, it's, it's it is fascinating. I mean, you know, who would have thought twenty or thirty years ago, you know, that this is how cases would be, yeah. you know, kind of mm-hmm. instigated and 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 really advertised and marketed and yeah, um, and how they would grow. It's yeah. I, I mean, I think it's insane, and I, and that came to me when you mentioned, you know, those high numbers of people that they turned away, mm-hmm. uh, especially. I mean, it's just so insane to me, and I'm imagining a lot of these people too are probably you know, in their 20s or 30s. I can't imagine many, you know, 50, 60-year-olds taking this. What? Well, you know, who knows? Obesity maybe. Is, a, is an issue. And I mean, and, and actually we were talking about it's an issue because a lot of older people are taking it and they're, they weren't included in any of the original studies. Oh. And when older people lose weight, it, it, there are different issues yeah, with yeah, bone yeah. loss and yeah, mm-hmm. and nutrition and all of that. So I think something with this size, I mean, it will, it will be really interesting to see just how big this is, the magnitude of it. And, and I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a few movie stars down the road saying like, hey, I've actually been struggling this with this behind closed doors, you know, the stomach paralysis mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, I've, it's been difficult for me to talk about, blah, 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 blah. But as these cases start coming up, as settlements start happening, you know, way down the line, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up happening. Well, and that happening too could encourage a lot of people to come forward. Yeah. Because again, not everybody listens to our podcast, unfortunately. Somehow. I mean, most people do, but not everybody. Same. And so, and, and, and so they might not even know about all of these problems. Because again, I mean, I maybe I'm not the right target or something, but I don't see any, I don't see a lot of this on social media, mm-hmm. a little bit here and there, but most of it's more of the emails and the listservs that I'm on that I, you know, and just the, my, the legal organizations that I'm seeing it through some news things here and there. Um, but I, you know, I think if, if some, somebody famous came forward and talked about that, we'd probably see a lot more cases in that direction as well. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So a couple more quick things on Ozempic before we move on. Um, the, another interesting issue, um, the there has been a class action filed in British Columbia in Canada, and it's the very first class action against Ozempic. Hmm. And so that's up in Canada, and, and I don't know their legal system very well. Um, but, but again, that's a different kind of, of angle. Yeah. So what does that, what does that mean or what's the big difference there? So the class, a class action, again, it's where, um, there, everybody's, 
included in the class unless they opt out, Ooh, okay, right? Okay. Or file their, you know, so then they could opt out and file their their own lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But what would happen is, so people, for example, like those 40,000 people that got turned away because their damages weren't significant, in theory, they could be participating in a class action mm. where they're going to get, you know, smaller amounts of money, but they are going to get compensated. Yeah. Now, nothing like that's happened in the United States yet, and it might not, that might not be the route, but, but, but this will be the first, um, you know, international or the first or the first class section that has been filed. So that's happening up in, in Canada. I mean, obviously these issues are not just in the US. Yeah, and and well Canada has healthcare, right? Canada healthcare for their Yeah, I believe they citizens. do. Yeah. So, and I know we've kind of touched on this with Australia because they also have it and I, I don't remember when or why we were talking about it, but uh, that essentially like this field of mass torts and and personal injury doesn't really exist very much there. Because, um, you know, obviously all of the healthcare is being provided by the government itself. Is that one of the reasons that this is a class action in Canada? You know, I don't know enough to, to really opine on that. But, um, you know, with only uh, one portion of, of, a, of the damages would be the actual medical bills. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pain and suffering that happens and issues like that. So just the fact that you didn't have out-of-pocket uh, medical bills wouldn't necessarily be a reason that you wouldn't have um, a, a class action or, or have a mass tort or a tort. Um, and likewise, like for example, here, when somebody is on say Medicare, yeah. uh, Medicare pays all of their medical expenses. But when you um, resolve the lawsuit, then you have to pay Medicare back out of the settlement for, you know, uh, and again, that makes sense too, because the government shouldn't have to be paying for this if it's caused by, you know, this drug company, yeah. they should be reimbursing the government for what they've paid out. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, sh- you know, that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand that, that, that those um, legal options aren't available where there is, uh, you know, universal health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not really, I'm not really sure. And in places, I think in, in Australia, my understanding too, is that they do have the health care, but then you can also have private care as well. Oh, okay. So, you know, I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't know how it works. I mean, it might almost be like how we have, you know, like the access or Medicaid yeah. um, here. And then you also might have private health insurance. So um, unfortunately, yeah. that's kind of out of my, out of my expert area. I won't ask you too many legal questions about other countries. <laughs> well, if you let me study up on it. Yeah. Um, and so just one other quick thing on Ozempic, because again, it is a hot topic. Um, there's also the issue, the European Medicines Agency is currently reviewing data that suggests there might be a link between um, Ozempic and suicidal ideation. Wow. So that has not been confirmed yet, but those that is a potential that may um, be another uh class of cases. Yeah. Now, weight loss drugs like the Wagovi, that one specifically for weight loss, basically the same drug, um, that does carry the warning for suicide ideation. Yeah. And drugs specifically for weight loss carry that. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. I mean, I have some theories on it. but Yeah, I think that kind of makes sense there. I mean, I would imagine, you know, people that are going out of their way, and, and this is generalizing, right, is that people going out of their way to take weight loss drugs probably have, you know, issues with self-image and maybe some insecurities. Everyone does, but uh, maybe to more of an extent. And, um, you know, if, if I think it speaks to being so active with being concerned with your self-image and how other people view you uh, can lead to really toxic thoughts and just kind of like bad ways of thinking. I think that's something everyone has struggled with, especially going through like school, right? Like middle school, high school, learning how to not care what people think. Um, And and so I think it kind of goes to that same almost like train of thought um, that it can Mm -hmm. easily go down the wrong 
I yeah, usually turn very yeah. negative, I guess. Well, it's interesting because I was I was starting to like get uncomfortable, and I was thinking, well, wait a minute, just somebody who's overweight that doesn't mean that they're depressed. But but as you said, it's not everybody who's um, you know maybe carrying some extra weight. It's the people who are as uncomfortable with it enough that they're taking a drug to change it. Exactly. So that actually does make more sense to me. Um, and yeah, I have to ch- have to yeah. check that out. And it's very obviously that's like a very general kind of comment there. Um, I don't think that it goes for everyone, but I think in my head, it personally makes sense to me just because, um, you know, I think for, for me, whenever I've gone out of my way, like go to the gym, right? Like if I'm feeling a little insecure about being like a scrawny little white boy or something, I'm going to go to the gym and, and it's going to weigh more on my mind. Or if someone, you know, says, oh, you're looking good today or, you know, wow, you got some more muscle tone. And I'll be like, it's going to mean a lot more to me just because I'm already yeah. have this predisposed kind of like insecurity and, yeah. uh, you know, feeling towards it. Yeah. And so that may be because I guess the warning is required for all chronic weight loss medications in the United States. But again, the Ozempic isn't specifically for weight loss. People are taking it for that, yeah. but it's for type 2 diabetes. Yeah. And so, you know, if people who have type 2 diabetes and were perfectly happy otherwise, and now they're experiencing the suicidal ideation, they're going to need to put a warning on. And since there isn't a warning, if people are, you know, if, if that link, if that scientific yeah. link and the experts tie that up, that will likely be another category of injury um, in the Ozempic lawsuits. So God, it's so crazy with Ozempic because I know this happens with a lot of cases where as the case kind of develops, more issues start coming up because people start coming out of the woodworks, you know, they realize that there's connection there. I know that's common, but I feel like with Ozempic, it's going to be even more prevalent and even more problems than you'd expect will start coming up because of the reasons we've talked about in previous podcasts with just the amount of people using it for, you know, the wrong reasons and not what it's intended to be used for. But uh, I I think that's going to be one of the most interesting parts of this case is just how many problems come up that weren't warned or weren't thought of. And it's going to happen so much faster, again, because of this, just this huge magnitude of usage. Um, So it's not going to drag out for several years. We're going to see it, you know, more in months. And we're going to hear about it because of the whole social media. I mean, it's it's really fascinating how the whole thing is kind of coming Mm -hmm. together and all these different angles. Um, But, uh, you know, just, just be careful, talk to your doctor, um, you know, be cognizant and do your research on yeah. in any medication that you take. And, you know, and really consider um, if there are, are other options, if you're really taking it just for weight loss. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, we'll, we'll continue updating it on it, obviously. <laughs> it uh, comes up pretty regularly, yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, well, and sure. I think this was a good update, too, because the consolidation is a pretty big deal, and those numbers were mm-hmm. really um, – it, it spoke volumes about kind of just how serious this problem is and how many people mm-hmm. are facing it. Um, and then especially there's a class action in Canada as well. I mean, holy heck, even the Canadians are getting in on this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, and, and like I said, it was like the European uh, that are they're looking at this at the suicidal ideation. So yeah. I think that I think it's you know again it's worldwide. People are taking this medication and um, and it's it's causing some issues. So so we will see. Well, we are coming to a close on the show. Uh, I want to make sure that we didn't miss anything. Was there any things that you wanted to go over or touch on before we, we closed out? Uh, not really. Not really. I mean, you know, we have a couple of questions, comments we can always address and, and others. Not, no big rush. I think we've covered a lot, uh, a yeah. lot this podcast. Yeah. No, it was a great show. I think we, we did cover a lot of different, a variety of different topics, a lot of them that we've already covered and a lot of uh, updates. Yeah. Updates. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it'd be interesting. Again, you know, we were just 
talking about, you know, if so many people are affected by Ozempic, reach out. I mean, if you've yeah. taken Ozempic and you've, I mean, again, you don't have to pursue a case and you may not have had injuries that were significant enough, but we'd love to hear like what kind of issues yeah. you have had. Um, you know, and again, I mean, if you, you know, suicide, I, I, you know, if you've, you know, had depressive thoughts or, you know, hopefully if you do certainly contact a, a care provider immediately. Um, uh, but, you know, but if you've had any of these things, I mean, we would really like to, to hear about it. Again, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to rise to the level of a lawsuit. You don't have to pursue a lawsuit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're on social media. So maybe we'll, maybe some people will see this. Hopefully, hopefully. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are probably struggling with issues to connect it to Ozempic and going to their doctor and being like, hey, what's going on? I didn't think this was a problem. And even the doctor doesn't know, right? Like he, yeah, he yeah. this is such an unknown, undiscovered area. All these new problems are popping up. So, you know, maybe some of the problems that you're facing are directly correlated with Ozempic. Maybe they're not, um, but mm-hmm. you won't know unless you reach out and we're happy to help um, and, and, and check into that with you. But I think I think that's it for us. It was a fantastic show. Thank you everyone for tuning in and hanging out with us. If you have any questions or concerns, comments, throw it down in the comment section, whether you're seeing this on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, wherever it is. Feel free to reach out to us. And um, if you have any suggestions or any topics that you want us to cover as well, we'd be happy to discuss. And I know sometimes there's some things that you don't want to put out there. You don't want to put it on your Facebook page. That's okay. You can email us at podcast at showeredlaw.com. Um, and we'll keep that private. We'll keep that anonymous. And uh, we'll, we'll be happy to cover that. Uh, but I hope everyone has a fantastic week. And we'll see you next time. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing profits. Dangerous drug and product cases.